Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and just Brian Haydad with you on a Thursday morning. As you know, I'm down here in Jackson for the Sanderson Farms Classic. Had a great day out there uh, on Wednesday for seeing some of the guys at their practice rounds. And, of course, uh, the real competition starts today. I want to thank you guys for listening in wherever you're listening from and however you listen to us, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate our listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. And we appreciate our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee house and churn and spoon ice cream when you're up in starkville this weekend please come by and say hello to them they will take care of you give you that early morning boost that you need or maybe that after the game treat that you deserve from a full day of cheering on the bulldogs check them out over there at highway 12 and spring street strange brew coffee house churn and spoon ice cream a proud sponsor of the thunder and lightning podcast we will talk to john hale of the louisville courier journal in just a little bit but as you notice from the, the podcast title today, uh, I've come to a conclusion, and it's probably one that, you know, it's not too uh, difficult to come across and not too difficult to, uh, to believe, but I've, 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 I've been thinking about it, and for me, this game is going to come down to one player, and that player is Tommy Stevens, and I'm going to push all my chips into that. I'm going to tell you that if, I, if Stevens can't go, I don't think State can win. I think State has to be able to throw the football and throw it effectively against Kentucky to beat them. Uh, and that's going to that's going to have to go through Tommy Stevens, uh, for me anyway. So when I look at what Stevens, you know, talking to him uh, Tuesday night and, and talking to Schrader, Schrader is sort of an interesting guy in that he can't seem to keep it to himself what's going on. Yeah, you know, he's a freshman and he, he just he just talks, and uh, he, he'll basically let you know that Tommy Stevens is going to play on uh, on Saturday. Um, and that's a good thing for Mississippi State. Of course, you know, Joe Moore had told us on Monday that Schrader, I'm sorry, that Stevens felt far better on, you know, this week than he did a week ago at this time. Um, and he was good enough to play or, you know, a bit able to play on uh, on Saturday of last week. So I have to think that, that that leads us to believe that it's going to be Tommy Stevens under center. And then you look at this Kentucky defense, and they give, they're giving up 200, almost 270 passing yards uh, per game. And that's against, you know, um, I'm trying to remember, they play Toledo, Eastern Michigan, and Florida. Now, what do we know about those teams? I mean, Toledo and Eastern Michigan, not great teams. And then Florida, we know that they're not a great passing team, even before Felipe Franks went down. Um, so these are not the, the best passing teams in the world. And if they're able to take advantage of Kentucky's defense in such fashion, I'd like to believe that a healthy Tommy Stevens can do the things that he was showing us that he could do uh, prior to getting hurt. And, it's such a uh, a shame for Stevens, who who you know, people forget, or maybe they, they don't forget, but they haven't thought about it. When he got hurt, the play before he got hurt, he was nine for nine in that USM game. He was on his way to a monster game, SEC Player of the Week possibly. And then he gets hurt, he throws an incompletion, then he comes out. And then last Saturday, you know, he's seven of fifteen, but he's zero for two in the second half after his arm tightens up, and he had at least I think he had two drops in the first half. So. You know, I, I don't like to rationalize stats. You just sort of are what you are. But at the same time, in reality, you know, he's seven for thirteen at worst. If you don't count, you know, he's seven for thirteen in the first half, and with a couple of drops. I mean, he he was playing well. If Gidger doesn't drop that ball, and I think there was another drop from uh, Dedrick Thomas in there somewhere. I could be wrong, but he was playing well. You know, what he's not doing is giving you that run option right now, but. If you can get 250 plus in the passing game, that's not that's not a huge issue because you feel like you can still get 100 plus from Kylan Hill, and then you know the rest of it will come where it comes. 
So for me in this game, Tommy Stevens is going to be the key. State has got to be able to do what it could not do against Kansas State, and that is open up the line of scrimmage with the passing game. What we saw against Kansas State was what we saw last year against uh, Kentucky, Florida, LSU, and Alabama. That State was unable to throw the football, so teams just loaded up and, and tried to make you beat them running. Now, what I, I liked about that game was that they, the guy they tried to beat him with was Kylan Hill. It, it wasn't just the quarterback getting pounded into the line of scrimmage over and over again. But <clears throat> you saw it was ineffective. Um, this game, I think, you know, you're facing a, a – the, the Kentucky defense is still good, and they're good against the run. They're only giving up 140 yards a game on the ground. You may think that seems like a lot. It's really not. It really isn't. Um, but in the passing game, like I said, 270 yards. So they're giving up just over 400 yards a game. If State's over 250 passing, the, I think that, that that lends itself to make me think they'll be close to 200 rushing. Because if, you, if they're loosening up that Kentucky defense, if they're getting that secondary to play back, if they're making it where Kentucky cannot uh, load up the, the box, then Kylan Hill's going to have success. But it all goes back to Stevens. He has to be, I think, for Mississippi State to have the kind of season they want to have, they got to have Stevens. I don't think they can just give it to, uh, to Schrader, who I think is very talented. I think Schrader may actually have a higher ceiling than Stevens long term. And I'm not just talking about you know just for this year. I'm talking about, you know, when Schrader is a senior, I think he'll be a better player than Stevens is right now. But for for the time being, you know, this is Tommy Stevens' team. You brought him in for this. You you reshuffled the deck of the quarterback situation. You basically, you know, I, I don't know the right word. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, he told uh Keaton Thompson to GTFO or anything, but he, he, he's, you know, he's really not part of this rotation. And so you did all that because you wanted Tommy Stevens, and now Stevens has got to stay healthy and he's got to deliver for you. If Stevens comes out and plays the kind of game, it doesn't, 9 of 10, I mean, he's not going to complete 90% of his passes. I don't think he's going to finish the game 18 of 20 or anything along that. But if he has a similar game to what he had against Louisiana, you're fine. You're fine. You're going to be able to, to loosen up that defense, and you're going to be able to get rushing yards out of Kylan Hill and be able to win the football game. This game is another game for me that State's going to have to win offensively. I think Kentucky can get some points on the board. Sawyer Smith provides an interesting challenge because he's not the runner that Terry Wilson was, but he's a better passer. So, you know, whatever you had game plan two weeks ago for Kentucky, you've got to scrap that, and you've got to come up with an entirely new game plan. And I think they'll do that. I think Bob Shoup, you know, Showed us against Kansas State that he's capable of adjusting. You know, they, he was getting pushed around a bit in the second, in the first half. I thought they did a much better job in the second half. Uh, you know, need to come up, get to a little bit hotter start, obviously. Uh, but that said, you know, I, Shoup is not Shoup's issue isn't the game plan or the scheme or what he's calling. His issue is what's going on up front. Now we think, or at least I think that some of that's going to be alleviated this week because I think the suspended guys are going to play because I think State's put itself into a must-win situation. I don't know that those suspended guys would have played if State had beaten Kansas State. I think you could have said, we can go another game with this, and then maybe it would have been Auburn, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss is when you would play those guys. But now you got to play them. So I expect to see Willie Gay, Lee Autry, Marcus Murphy on the field. And I'm very interested to see, and this is something that will give – Shoop and Moorhead, by extension, a lot of leeway. If State goes out there and, and looks great on defense and those guys are playing, we can we can say, look, all right, it's not Moorhead and Shoop's fault that these guys made a dumb mistake, and they just got to live with the consequences. 
So if, if State goes out, comes out this week with Autry and Gay and Murphy and those guys and they play well and they shut that Kentucky offense down, then you, then you have to – I mean, at least for me. You, may, you don't have to do anything. But for me, I'm going to be a bit more forgiving about the way they played against Kansas State when they were missing those guys, plus Cam Dancer. Cam Dancer returning this week, which I believe is going to be the case. I mean, you're missing – I mean, last week against Kentucky – or against Kansas State, they're missing four starters on defense. Four. That's that's a lot for anybody, especially when you're talking about this year's defense, which is replacing Simmons and, and sweating those guys. That's going to be the story all year long is who's not there for the defense. What you hope, what you hope is that the story for the offense is not who's not there, and that person is not Tommy Stevens. You want him there this week. Stevens, if he comes out, he's able to play, he's healthy, I, I, I really think he's going to have a big game for Mississippi State. I really think he'll be up around you know, 250 to 300 yards passing. That's the one thing, you know, he, he had uh, the the good game against Louisiana. But, and he, I mean, he missed a couple throws. If he had hit that throw to Osiris Mitchell, uh, that deep ball, he probably would have been close to or around 300 yards. It's been a long time. I mean, did Fitzgerald have a 300-yard passing game in his career? I don't, not that I recall. You know, his best passing games that I remember, the Arkansas game, his, uh, his sophomore year that State lost, but that wasn't on Fitzgerald. Um, the LSU game his junior year. I don't recall him being over 300 yards passing in that one. He had a, a good passing game against Texas A&M last season, but I don't think he was over 300. So it may have been you may have to go back to Dak to find a 300-yard passing game. I think State would like to get around that this weekend. And and if that happens again, it goes back to what I was just saying. You know, this this theme of of uh, forgiveness isn't the right word, but maybe and acceptance really isn't the right word. But if if everybody's I think you have to look at it like this. If if Stevens plays this weekend and he's healthy, and the defense gets all the suspended guys back plus Dantzler for this weekend, and they go out there and they play well and they, they win the game convincingly, I have a tough time, for me anyway, putting a ton of blame on Moorhead for what happened against Kansas State. And I, and I know I say that with a guy from a guy who put a lot of blame on him last month on Monday. But if I, if I see something new like that, if I see, okay, look, Stevens, when he's healthy, he makes the offense go. And this defense is obviously just hampered to death by these suspensions. Plus, Cam Dantzler didn't play. It's difficult to sit there and with a straight face say, that's all on Moorhead. He doesn't control Stevens getting hurt. He, 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 he couldn't have stopped these suspensions. So... This is a, there's, a, there's some redempt, redemption angles for Moorhead for me in this game. That he can, you know, I don't think he can get everybody back in. That's going to require a win over like an Auburn or a Texas A&M. And honestly, at the end of the season, if State wins seven games, but they beat Ole Miss convincingly for the second year in a row, a lot of State fans are just going to be happy with that. And that's just, you know, that's just how that goes. But if he's 7-5, and 8-4 with a convincing Egg Bowl win and he can find a way to beat an Auburn or a Texas A&M, you should be on the bandwagon at that point. I won't, you know, I'll understand if you you don't want to buy back in entirely, and I'm certainly not going to buy back in entirely. I'm not going to be telling you on Monday if state even if state wins easily, state somehow goes out and just blows Kentucky's doors off. I won't be out here saying, "Okay, you can get back on." No, no. We're going to we're going to ride this train to the end of the season and we're going to see what the final results are. That's when we'll know what we what kind of hand we've all been dealt with Joe Moorhead. So we'll see. But if Stevens plays, if he's healthy, and he's able to look like the quarterback we saw against Louisiana and we saw in the first half against uh, Southern Mississippi, State's going to win the football game. 
I don't have any doubt about that in my, in my mind. If he's that kind of quarterback for this game, they're going to win because he provides the, the, he provides the impetus for Kylan Hill to have the big day. It's, 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 no, it's no great secret. It's no surprise that on a day where State struggled throwing the ball, Kylan Hill had to grind to get 100 yards. Whereas in the other two games where State did not struggle throwing the ball, he got 100 yards pretty easily. Was ripping off big chunk plays. That's, that's what the Moorhead offense is, right? That's all we ever hear. It's explosive plays, explosive plays, explosive plays. They got him in the first two games. They didn't get him in the third game. So we'll see if it, how it turns out for Mississippi State. I've got some more thoughts for just a minute, but before we get to those, let's talk to John Hale. He is the Kentucky uh, Wildcats beat writer for the Louisville Courier-Journal, and he had uh, some, good, some good insight into what's going on up there in bluegrass country. Big game in Starkville this Saturday. Conference opener for Mississippi State. Kentucky coming off of a loss to Florida. I, I would define it as must win. We'll find out what John Hale of the Louisville Courier-Journal has to think about it. Although, I'll be honest with you. If you want to skip this and preview Liverpool-Chelsea, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'd be way more interested in that. I know, but, you know, right? we got to do what we got to do. It's not what they pay us to do. You're right, you're right. All right, looking at Kentucky, obviously a tough loss. Uh but it, I, I don't think when you looked at Kentucky at the beginning of the season, that you probably thought they were going to be 2-1 and one coming into this game. You know, Florida is just, if you're a top-ten team, you would expect that. Has anything you've seen from Kentucky to this point surprised you? Well, I mean, I'm, I was a little surprised at how Cyrus Smith played. Obviously, going into the year, you thought that it was going to be Terry Wilson throughout the entire season, and he has an injury, and then the big concern is what can they do with a backup quarterback? Is he going to be good enough for them to still win games? And he wasn't perfect by any means. He's got to, you know, fix some of the turnover problems that had, you know, plagued him a little bit last week. But I came away from that thinking he's good enough for Kentucky to be competitive. And basically every game on the schedule left other than maybe Georgia, and given the struggles of the rest of the East, given the two teams they get from the West and how they've played so far, I mean, Kentucky's, you know, and there's a, a, a scenario where Kentucky wins 10 games without ever beating a team that's ranked in the top 25, which is crazy considering the SEC and what you normally associate with it. So that, that, if anything, was surprising to me. I think the rest of it is basically we've seen what we expected. The, the wide receivers have been better maybe than we thought, uh, which is a, a big point of progress for them. But the secondary and on defense has been a concern and uh, some of the other things that we were – Assume that might be problems going into the season have have played out that way through three games. You mentioned you know Sawyer Smith taking over for Terry Wilson after that horrible injury that he suffered. He's out for the season. You know Wilson, a great running quarterback. I think Sawyer more of a passer. Just how different is the Kentucky offense with Sawyer Smith in there? Yeah, the coaches keep telling us it's not different at all. They're running the same playbook. Uh, you're right though that. I mean, Sawyer, he can run, and there's some clips going around from when he was at Troy. He had like a 60-yard run against Nebraska, which was kind of an improvised play, I think, more than anything. And maybe some blown coverage on Nebraska's part, but he's mobile enough to get out there and make some plays with his legs, but he's nowhere close to what Terry Wilson was as a runner, especially with his speed and his agility and all those things. So it's, it's definitely an adjustment in that part of it, and he does, I think, throw probably a better deep ball than Terry does. He's more aggressive in his passing game than Terry was certainly last year. We you know didn't get to see a lot of Terry this year to know how he had improved in that part of his game. But it seems like maybe that part of the offense has opened up a little more based on just what we've seen through him for a game and you know a quarter uh, against Eastern Michigan. So I think they are going to throw it more, but they've still got you know two or three running backs they feel really good about. Sawyer can run at times. He's good enough at the read option uh, to where he's still a threat to keep it. So I think the offense in general is going to stay pretty similar. 
if state's able to limit Lynn Bowden, and I know that's going to be the uh, the, the focus of that of state's defense this weekend. Who does Kentucky have to step up? I know about Cavassier Smoke, who I, we talked about last time, the greatest name in college football. But who else is out there for them that that can you know be a playmaker for the Wildcats this weekend? Yeah, Smoke's one of those guys. AJ Rose, the other running back, uh, has the potential to do that. He's you know some Kentucky fans want Smoke to take a larger share of the carries, but AJ has a longer track record and you know it's been pretty good in short yard situations outside of the fourth and one they missed in the beginning of the fourth quarter in Florida so he's going to stay involved and they need him to play well the receiver who's really stepped up those are three games is Ahmad Wagner he played basketball at Iowa for three years transferred to Kentucky last year kind of spent most of last season learning football again just getting back into the fold of things he told me at one point he you know he didn't even know how to get better at football he had to ask his teammates like what drills do you do to improve your skills in basketball you just go in and take shots and and you know, practice dribbling and you're in good shape he, he didn't know that in football so he needed some time and it appears that has paid off he's been excellent through three games this year he's got this incredible knack to where i think he's been targeted 14 or 15 times across two seasons and has drawn eight pass interference penalties he's just a huge guy who defensive backs have a lot of trouble um kind of defending he's got two touchdown passes from sawyer smith already the first pass sawyer threw against eastern michigan at kentucky went for a touchdown to wagner threw a pass interference penalty and then last week against florida made one of the better catches you'll ever see in the end zone uh, through which probably should have been pass interference, but didn't throw, throw the flag, and he ended up making this kind of juggling one-handed catch. So he's the guy who's really stepped up, and uh, I think as he emerges, if you give more attention to Lynn Bowden, Wagner's almost always going to be one-on-one on the outside, and it's, it's proven so far that he's a he's a guy that's really difficult to defend in those situations. Kentucky giving him about 200, almost 270 yards passing per game uh, defensively. Do you attribute that more to you know Josh Allen being gone and they're not getting that ferocious pass rush as, as much, or is the secondary just not as good this year for Kentucky? I think it's the secondary is the biggest part of that. Obviously, losing Josh Allen is going to play a lot of pieces on defense. It's going to make your defense overall worse, but they've gotten a decent pass rush from a variety of areas. That's kind of their strategy this year. Instead of having one guy who's doing everything, bring it from different positions and, and that's been fairly effective but the secondary they lost uh, their top six defensive backs from the last year their entire entire starting four uh, the one guy who had experience coming back this year Devontae Robinson uh, tore his quad right before camp started is out for the season then you look at a game like last week and you've got uh, your starting free safety Yusuf Corker gets ejected for targeting in the first uh, first quarter so he's out for the rest of the game and the guy who comes in and backs him up Tosh Dodson gets hurt in the second half so you're down basically to your four-string free safety, and they're really just handcuffed in what they could call because obviously your four-string guy doesn't get a lot of practice reps during the week and doesn't know the defense very well. So they were kind of just hoping it was bend but don't break, and Florida really kind of tore them apart, just you know, dinking and dunking down the field and, and getting into position. There's some hope that maybe some of those young defensive backs, they start, you know, uh, a couple redshirt freshmen, a sophomore who's barely played at all, a junior college transfer, uh, couple true freshmen are in the mix now that maybe as those guys get more reps they'll get better and, and learn some of these mistakes but for now uh, it's a real concern all right i said at the beginning of the interview i think this is a must-win game for, for i think it's for both teams for, if they want to have the kind of season they want to have you know obviously this isn't a national championship thing or anything like that but but for these two teams that want to be eight nine win teams i see this as a must-win game do you agree with that assessment or do you think one team or the other could, could survive a, a loss here and still have a great season. 
I mean, I think Kentucky could probably survive and still have a great season just because of the way the schedule is set up right now. I mean, we've seen every other team other than Georgia in the East look vulnerable. Kentucky's remaining two non-conference games are UT Martin and Louisville, obviously the, an FCS team and a team that's coming off a terrible season. And then they also get Arkansas from the West, which is not good. So, I mean, they could lose to Mississippi State and theoretically still get to eight, nine wins. The concern is after the way you lost last week, if you lose at Mississippi State this week, then you go at South Carolina next week, which maybe is the next hardest game on the schedule behind Georgia after this one, then you have a real risk of, of maybe losing three in a row. And at that point, it's going to be October. Kentucky fans are going to check out because it's going to be big blue madness and basketball season and all those things. The interest is going to be pretty low. How do you deal with that? The second half of the schedule is really easy. But by that point, maybe nobody cares, and you've got to figure out how you get young guys to stay engaged. So I, I think it's a really, really important game. It's, if they lose, it's not the end of the world, but it becomes much difficult. All right. John Hale from the Louisville Courier-Journal. We'll see him in the press box on Saturday. Thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks again to John. We appreciate his time and uh, coming on and talking with us, and we'll look forward to meeting him uh, this weekend. All right. For me, I, I've said, you know, what's the key offensively? It's Tommy Stevens. What's the key defensively? It's not so much stopping something or, or you know, eliminating one guy. For me, the key is to show what happened against Kansas State was a fluke. And by that, I mean, I want State to be the more physical and aggressive football team this weekend. I want to see them take the fight to Kentucky. I want to see them blitz. I want to see them getting after it. I want to see them, you know, gang tackling, pursuing to the football, and, of course, getting some turnovers. You know, you think back at last week, the turnovers came in special teams for Mississippi State. Um, and, of course, you know, the fumble on the interception return. You know, not, not, probably not a coincidence that State's defense, which has been, been, been but don't break, part of their uh, – their, their, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, their plan basically has been to get turnovers. They didn't get them, State loses the game. Even though State got turnovers, the defense didn't get them. And there, there is a difference for me. To me, defensive turnovers, they don't win you the ball game, but they can, if you don't get them, they can lose you the ball game. You need to be able to stop the opponents once in terms of getting a turnover. I think you do. The other stuff's supposed to be gravy. In all honesty, if you tell me ahead of time that State's going to get forced two special teams turnovers, I think State wins the game pretty easily. So when you, that's why make this. That's why that's why this loss is sort of un, is sort of sticking with you, us, because statistically it shouldn't have happened. State outgained them. Uh, they they in all, they dominated basically every statistical category, and the turnovers were even, and they lost. And shit shouldn't happen. But for State, for me, my key defensively is to be aggressive, to be the aggressor, you know, to be the one first, the, the, the first to the punch, to be the guys, you know. Look, if Kentucky gets yards, they get yards, but don't be soft about it, you know. Make them earn those yards. Make them do more than just go up the middle. Make them do more than simple play-action passing to get yardage. If you can do that, you can beat them. You know, remember this game a season ago, too. Kentucky was definitely the aggressor. They punched Mississippi State in the mouth. And don't forget, they were very uh, up in State's face on social media going into that game. Remember Kylan Hill and, and Benny Snell sort of going back and forth, and there was some there was some smack talk from both sides. And then you had the little pregame uh, Donnie Brook, you know, no, no punches thrown, but everybody met at midfield. 
And it, it looked to me at the time like, okay, State's getting the better of this. They're in Kentucky's head. I had it completely backwards. Kentucky was in Mississippi State's head, and they were early and often in that game, and it showed. It showed in the penalties. It showed in the sloppiness, the lack of, the lack of organization. This was the first time that we all questioned Joe Moorhead. So we sort of come full circle. He can answer some questions now if he had, puts together a solid game plan and gets his team a win on Saturday. But I think that's the key for me defensively. State has to be the one pushing Kentucky around. It can, certainly cannot be the other way around. State, with the, the identity of MSU more than anything else has been two things through the years. Basically going back to Jackie Sherrill, maybe even going back to some of Rocky Felker's teams, was they, can, they have somebody who can run the football. They have a good running back, and they play tough on defense. Now, State still has the, the good running back, but what they, they didn't do on Saturday was play tough on defense. That, and that's something that I think most – MSU fans don't have a problem offensively. You want to change things up and become more of a passing offense. But MSU fans are not going to accept a soft defense. Nobody really is, but Bulldog fans in particular who have seen last year's defense and the 99 defense and even, you know, statistically not great defenses, but the 2014 defense that had so many stars on it. And, and the, you know, the 2010 defense that had a lot of stars on it. The, the state fans aren't, aren't going to accept a deep – when I hear the term bend it but don't break, I, I think MSU fans don't want to hear that. You know, to them that, that signifies weakness. You know, there are some places where you okay, you know, our defense bends but it doesn't break. At Mississippi State, it's – the state's best teams have been – they don't bend at all. Last year's, team, last year's defensive team didn't bend at all. Unfortunately, the offensive team couldn't do anything. So – those are my keys. You know, if I had two keys to victory, it's A, Tommy Stevens playing at the level we saw before this injury, and B, State being the aggressor on defense. If you can get those two things, I think you get a relative, believe it or not, you get a relatively easy Bulldog win. If you just get one of them, I think the Stevens thing is probably the more important. Because if you can just outscore them, you'll be fine. You don't get either one of those, you're going to lose this game. You're going to be two and two, and there's going to be a lot, a lot of angry people come, uh, come Sunday morning in Starkville and across the state of Mississippi. So watch out for those two keys. We'll see if I'm right. And, of course, we'll talk a lot more tomorrow on the show. We'll have a lot more preview, playmaker, and prediction from me. I'll get Joel T. to uh, tweet in his uh, playmakers and his prediction uh, for this game, and we'll get that from him. Guys, have a great Thursday, and I'll be back with you on Friday morning. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.